Does he have any signature moves? Uh, the shake and bake. I don't know if you heard it. Ooh. First you shake it. Okay. And then you bake it. Oh. Yeah. Shit. He also chews big red. If you don't like big red, then fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Welcome to a uh, special, a special edition one, kind of outside <laughs> of the uh, the normal purview of our, our recording schedule. Yeah, Ryan and I called an emergency meeting for this one. <laughs> figured, uh, we figured while the strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. Hopefully. Um, Ryan, what are we talking about? The celebrity trainer, Jillian Michaels. Oh my God, who's that? Has... Uh, from hit TV shows as The Biggest Loser. She uh, once again has decided to kind of come at CrossFit, though this time tried to hide some of her general disdain a little bit better, but I think she, uh, I think the the message is fairly clear. It was loud and clear. Even though she said she was trying not to offend anybody. Yeah. She (laughs) clearly does not like CrossFit. And clearly does not understand CrossFit. CrossFit. So or CrossFit coaches or CrossFit programming. <laughs> pretty uh pretty much all, almost every aspect of Actually, it. Actually, I don't from what her description is, I don't think she understands plyometrics. <laughs> That's what we're gonna hit on today. Yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. I I, you know, when I was talking to you about this, I told you I had talking points. I have about I have twenty eight. I have twenty eight talking points. Twenty eight talking points. Yeah. I don't think she made twenty eight points. No, she didn't. No, <laughs> but I, just I, have that I have a shit ton on on her like three that she made. Just all the things that you want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. I just want to rip into her. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't get a chance to the first time because we didn't have this podcast. This wasn't a thing. Yeah. Um. So now that it's available to us and people like listening to us and they we got really uh, good feedback on our uh, venting series. Yeah, um, that seems to be a popular one. You know, I I think this one, I, I think this one can fall right into that category. I wrote my notes as kind of a. Uh, like a based on the points that she was making, and yeah. then just made some comments off of that. So I think we we got there earlier, and that's exactly what you did as well. Yeah, I think you and I both went in order. Plus, we we dove in and did a little bit of research on yeah. her as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to be clear, I want to start this off that she states that we as viewers need to understand that this is her opinion. Yes, we get it; it's wrong, but it's still her opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, so well, here's the here's the thing with that. You st- like whenever you start off something like, hey, here's my opinion, especially in the context of how she was kind of going about it, right? Because it was, is CrossFit bad for you? Yeah. Then you're essentially, you're kind of like, if you want to read between the lines a little bit, really what you're saying is, um, I'm going to say some shit, but I'm going to try and mask it by saying <laughs> my opinion though. So I can't, to, to assume almost that there's some level of fallibility that yeah. can be assigned to it. Right. So that's what I, when I first heard it and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like okay that's that's when like that's like that's the same thing when people go all right no offense and you're like okay you're about to say you're about very to offend offensive me. Shit. yeah <laughs> so that's exactly what that is yeah you know what another i i made a note of this another word she used a lot i don't think she's using it correctly or she thinks she's using it correctly mm-hmm. is logic logic yeah she i th- i didn't count but she was upwards of about 12 times of the word logic i have i did a little bit of research um Back in 93, she had four certs. Um, one was the Nesta. One was the AFA, or Aerobic and Fitness Association of America. Um, she had CanFit Pro. I had to look that one up. That's the Canadian fitness professional. Yep. 
Um, and then she had a kettlebell concepts. Yep. Now I dove in a little bit to the CanFit Pro. It's very similar to the L1. Uh, yes, it's yeah. a, it's actually a, almost on the spot. Yeah. Um, similar in the sense that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's similar in the sense that they they have to do like a like reading, like they learn courses, and then it's a they do like a practical application, and then that's that's kind of it. Yeah. And then you you essentially can research the same way by if your fitness understanding is of a quality level, you can just take the test. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So I kind of laughed and scoffed at that one. Of you know, it's like you got the Canadian CrossFit uh, certificate. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, since uh, since we're jumping into that, yeah. So looking at the certs, the the thing that I found very interesting to kind of argue about that is, so she made a, she made a comment about the CrossFit certs mm-hmm. and that it's. You know, she kind of made a little like it's a tiny, a tiny test. Yeah. Right. It's a two day course. Well, to make note of that, yes, it is a two day course, but to get the Nesta cert and the AFA cert are both essentially all online. So there is no practical application, mm. nor is there any hands on development that's going to be done with those. Right. Both of them can be done under $500. Yeah. The CanFit Pro one, which I found very interesting, was uh, I did a little bit of research and there's a strength and conditioning co- coach. Um, some people might have heard of him, but his name's Dean Somerset, who used to be or was a instructor for the CanFit certification process in Canada. And he is quoted as saying, the prerequisite for taking the course are two legs and a heartbeat, and they're pretty forgiving on the two legs part. <laughs> so just to, just to make a little bit of note about that. No, so, no, no. That, that, that was just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. That, one, that, that, that was a good one. Now, the the one thing that I will note is like any of these certifications, they, they all, especially in the Amer- in, in the United States now, um, overseas and, you know, Canada are a little bit different where they kind of, they have some like tiered setups to those. So I will give some credit where credit's due on some of the certification processes, but these are pretty much standard across the board. Right. It's a test. Like you buy a book, you take some quizzes. Now with the advent of technology, you can do it online, but it's... They're the same across the board. Uh, Nesta, AFA, which are two of them. Mm-hmm. I have NASM. ACE is the same thing. Um, even the uh, NSCA course, the personal training one, is the right. same thing. So these are all along the exact same lines of you can do them all online. Now, except for, I believe the Nesta one requires you, when you go to take the test, you have to take it at a like a proctored exam, mm-hmm. which I know NASM has to do as well, and so does NSCA. But yeah. the rest of them can just be a test done online, essentially an open book test. Right. We all remember what happened with those in in school. <laughs> yeah. Hey, some people still failed those. That is true yeah. and very, very surprising. Pathetic. <laughs> I mean, like like you just said, they're all you're pretty standard cert for teaching fitness, right? Yeah. Um, the one that I saw that I thought was kind of cool is the kettlebell concepts one. But as far as that goes, I'm like, how how much could you possibly go into on kettlebells? Well, I can give you a little bit of answer. Oh, please tell. So I've taken that course, which is fun. Yeah. Um, it is a, it's a, it's not a bad kettlebell course. Mm-hmm. I think the, generally the standard, so, well, some of the, argu- the arguably like kind of gold standard with kettlebell stuff is right. the uh, um, RKC. Okay. But kettlebell concepts is a two day course that doesn't work, re- that when I took it did not require a test. Oh. I just got it. You got the cert for attending it. two days of lecture. Uh, and, and, and some practice. And pra- oh, okay. Yeah. 
so yeah, so it's a two-day course. So it's an infinitesimal, infinitesimal course, similar to almost with the exact same length as a CrossFit L1. Wow. Except the L1 with has a test. At no the test. End. Hmm. Interesting. 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 So you can pay for this cert, and that's it. And you get it. You wow. just have to. You have to attend the course. Huh. Now I will say I did look. I did try and find on the website to see any information about it, but that's that's kind of where it ended. Yeah. Um. I couldn't find any. I I couldn't find the cost, so I have no idea how much it cost. Um. When I took it in two two thousand fourteen. Um, my company paid for it, so but I think it was only like three hundred bucks. Okay, something like that, maybe. But yeah, it was a two-day course. That was it. Did you get yours framed? No, I think Jillian got hers framed. Well, you know, it's really interesting to make note of the kettlebell concept one because one of her most oh, infamous workout the video. videos is that kettlebell one where she's like swinging a weight with a aggressively rounded back. Yeah, which any person, even in all of the courses that she took prior, should tell you that. Any sort of movement like that should have, should re- should require a neutral spine. Yeah, since that's kind of the thing that's talked about almost exclusively when right. it comes to any level of training yeah. outside of strongman. Yeah, we were we Kat and I were watching a little clip of that video upstairs, <laughs> and you know, like the first one, the, the like I guess they perform a set of three. The first one is your standard in between that Russian and American kettlebell height, right? It's uh, mm-hmm. it's above the eyes somewhere, but not all the way full extended over the head. Then as you watch them proceed downwards, that cat back just like, and then they, they throw the kettlebell farther as yeah. as to assume that the farther you go, the more you're going to stretch your hamstrings? I don't know. I and don't... then, you know, that one doesn't come up so high. And then they like hike it back like a fucking long snapper. Yeah. And then they whip it back with their rounded back. And I was just like, I believe the quote is dive through dive through, which is them swinging the kettlebell. If you haven't seen the video, look it up. But yeah. if you, if, if you need a, a verbal description, it's them swinging a kettlebell down back behind their heels, like maybe like a foot or so. Now, yeah. unless you are uh, crazy flexible, you're not going to normally be able to do that. And so the only way anybody in that little group exercise video could do was to round their back. Yeah. So you round it back with a swinging weight. Yeah. They look like a candy cane. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> she believes the most advanced fitness modalities in the world include gymnastics and Olympic weightlifting. Well, now, hence the name Olympic. Now, I agree that they are advanced fitness modalities. But I also believe, as we have come to train and exercise, you can teach people these advanced fitness modalities. Yes. In fact, in most cases, gymnastics includes body weight movement. And I do believe somewhere near the end of the video, she says gymnastics includes most body weight movement, Mm -hmm. i.e. air squats, push-ups, jumping jacks, box jumps, step-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups. I mean, I could go on, right? (laughs) So... For her to start her video off saying that they are of the most advanced fitness modalities kind of contradicts her the rest of what she has to say because she doesn't approve that CrossFit teaches the most advanced fitness modalities, i.e. gymnastics and Olympic weightlifting. I haven't gone to Olympic weightlifting yet, but gymnastics. She is a plyometric princess who makes money off showing people how to do essentially gymnastics or body weight movements almost ex- almost exclusively almost exclusively yeah it it just blows my mind that she can 
contradict herself within the first minute. Like we were saying, she almost solely produces gymnastics videos. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, within reason, like within this, within the definition of what CrossFit re- refers to as gymnastics, right. which is any body weight based movement. Now, the the other thing, the thing to note on that that I find very interesting to like argue that it is, it is a very high, like highly complex series of movements, is right, but also not right, because even with even if you are a gymnast. You start at fairly basic and very, very kind of fundamental movements. We talk about squatting. We talk about, and you know, from there you can look at body position, body lines, um, like hanging, uh, pull-ups, and then you know handstands, things like that. And obviously they progress over time, but there are elements to it that are at a, a very base level um, that is fundamental to any human movement as as a as a whole, right. realistically. The hard part that I get with that is like on one on one hand I can agree because I go, yeah, it can be, but like at that same point, the most complex of any movement that CrossFit's gonna see within a bodyweight gymnastics based movement is going to be a muscle up. Right. Maybe a pistol, but like even then, like I would argue the muscle up is probably the 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 most advanced of all of the movements that you're gonna see. Yeah. And you and I went to a gymnast a gymnastics place and there were like twelve year old girls who were crushing, crushing us and we we couldn't we, we couldn't do what they were doing. Nope. Could not keep up. So and that's and the thing about that is that is the muscle up or the way cross well, what CrossFit deems the muscle up is a fairly fundamental movement in yeah. gymnastics. Yes. Because that's just to get on top of the bar to do the rest of your routine. They do it like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the rest of us struggle. They call it I believe it's called a kip. Yes. I, yeah, that's what he did call it because we're like, oh, yeah, we do kipping. And he's like, no, you don't. Yeah. So I believe, I believe it's known as a kip is the term that we use that CrossFit calls a muscle up. Bro, they kip so high. <laughs> yeah, on top of on top of both the bar <laughs> and the rings. Yes, it, it, it is advanced movements for sure. But that doesn't that doesn't mean the, the problem with that, though, is people need to begin somewhere. Right. And. I think the larger the larger overarching thing that we're going to hopefully kind of cover and talk about within this is the fact that she is clearly coming from either a well obviously a very biased point of view but she's also coming from a very ignorant point of view. And yeah. I mean ignorant in the sense of just unknowing. Yeah. She doesn't understand. She, she's she's I, I think she's made it clear she's choosing not to understand. Yes. To a certain degree, I would I could argue yes. Um but I, th- I think that fundamental misunderstanding is what is leading to all of these, like these several comments that she's been making about CrossFit. Because, you know, if you go to, if you have a, a good coach and you go to a good gym, the big, like no one, every, anytime I've ever coached somebody, we don't start off be like, all right, so you see that, those rings up there? Like, yeah. All right. So I want you to grab a jump up and grab onto them. And uh, you're going to bring yourself up on top of that. It's called the muscle up, figure it out. Like, that's not how it works. Wait, you don't do that? Weirdly enough, no. That's what Jillian thinks. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. she. I think she does yeah, to a certain she, degree. She thinks it's made for the masses. Yeah. Immediately. Well, and that, that's the other thing too, right? So adding on top of that before we go into, well, backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going to go, I'm going to work. This is going to be hard to stay on topic. <laughs> um, the major thing is that people aren't just going straight to the most advanced movement that CrossFit has to offer within the gymnastics world. So we'll talk about progression eventually, but that is something that like 
that just doesn't make any sense. Right. And then on top of that, she made a comment about how that they are one, they're for elite athletes. That's funny. That's my next point. So, okay, perfect. So they're for elite athletes um, and that they are, and that there's a problem when you are bringing this stuff to the masses. So here's the thing that I think about with that is like, one, gymnastics has kind of always been available to the masses for the most part. Like tumbling is just like youth gymnastics at like the, the like park and rec Mm -hmm. center. That's what I, rec center. That's what I want. Jeez, God, there's the word I wanted. (laughs) So like there is the fundamentals of gymnastics just termed deemed tumbling for the most part, right? We've all heard it or a lot of us have probably taken that to some degree. Or if you've ever gone to the park and done a front roll, you're essentially on your way towards tumbling. Yeah. And, and that is for children. Yeah. So what are you talking about when these children are elite? Well, clearly they're the, they're very elite. They are the elite children. So the, so that like that frustrated me when I heard that, when I was, when they were talking, when she was talking about that, you need to be an elite athlete to partake in gymnastics or Olympic weightlifting. Right. And it's like, no, there are you, there are youth that do this. Well, it's, it's funny too, right? She doesn't explain who the elite are. But then she does dive into like, you know, like, oh, only elite athletes are capable or, or, or should be allowed to do. Where do you think they started? Yeah. Well, the, yes. They, they, everybody has to start somewhere. You, you don't just wake up overnight. And, uh, hey, I'm elite today. Yeah. And that's it. I'm going to go elite for the rest of my life. Like. Doesn't work like that. Well, and just like her, you know, starting off. So, so here's the thing. She has a black belt in karate. I think it's karate. I think it's karate. I would argue that these high level karate moves and poses and like um like methods are only for elite athletes yeah so was she an elite athlete when she started her karate career or did she become become a beginner and learn and over the years i think i read 17 years that she was doing karate yeah that she eventually became a black belt which is an elite person within the practice of whatever version of karate she was practicing. absolutely yeah Interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. She had to she had to go from beginner to elite. That's, I don't think that's how it works. No, no, no. Yeah. I think you just you're just elite. Not in the re- yeah. I mean, not yeah. in the real world. Right. Right. In the Jillian world. Yeah. That's that's the reality. Yeah. In reality. To to touch more on that, right? We were yeah, we we're still talking about, you know, the comment if we made these things accessible for to the masses, then we would have to defer to the coach. I wrote duh. Yeah, I like literally wrote duh, and I get. I said that's why there's a coach coaching the class of students who are all learning. You literally teach the videos. You teach on the videos the same thing. Same, well, not the same because I don't want to dumb us down. Us fitness coaches teach our athletes, and we give them the highest education we can give them with the highest amount of safety that we can give them. It's like yeah, of course you defer to the coach. I, I don't understand that comment. Like, that's why the coach is there. Yes. That's why the fitness instructor is there to coach. Yes. Like, your your whole comment of, of you know, oh, if we, if we make this accessible to the masses, we have to defer the coach. Duh. Yeah, like, that's that's the point. That you're, yeah. And that's the, it's the same thing that she is doing, right, with any of her, her app, her website, yeah. or any of her fitness her DVDs, DVDs. Yeah. Like, it's, this is an accessibility to the masses through a coach disseminating information. Right. Now I will add that the things that she does is at such a low skill that it's 
not really any well one if it's a dvd like there is no coaching like no it's no different than watching a youtube video right so it, it it's there is no individual individualism set up in that there is no kind of one-on-one attention which she references several times throughout the video about about that so you know there's there's just a lot of hypocrisy with everything yeah <laughs> there's a couple of things that i wanted to like I, re- I pulled up from actually the l1 book yeah because I thought that these were some really good notes on it. And so within within the L1 and within CrossFit, they talk about something called virtuosity, mm-hmm. which if you don't know what that is, it's essentially doing the common uncommonly well. So something that is super simple as a squat or an air squat or sitting down to a chair, right? All some variation of a squat, they the focus here is to try and do it as best as you possibly can. So essentially to to a point of mastery. So it looks effortless, it looks easy, etc. Right. And so there's a couple of things that they note that was noted within within the L1 book that talks specifically about novices. And uh, so I'm going to read from that. It says that there is a there's a compelling tendency among novices developing any skill or art, whether learning to play the violin, write poetry, or compete in gymnastics, to quickly move past the fundamentals and onto more elaborate, more sophisticated movements, skills, or techniques. This compulsion is the novice's curse, the rush to originality and risk. The the kind of the point about that is that it is v- the novice, right? The newcomer wants to start doing the flashy things, but it's not the flashy things that are going to get you there or get you the fitness. You like you need to master the fundamentals. Yeah. It continues on by saying that the no- the novice's curse is manifested as excessive abornment, silly creativity, weak fundamentals, and ultimately marked lack of virtuosity and delayed mastery if you have if you have ever had the opportunity to be taught by the very best in any field you have likely been surprised at how simple how fundamental and how basic the instruction was the novice's curse afflicts learner and teacher alike physical physical training is no different so it is fundamentally important that you understand the fundamentals and part of what makes an expert in any craft, whatever the case may be, is because they have such a firm grasp and firm understanding of what the basics looks like that they can then begin to be flashy. They can then begin to put more complex um, thinking or more complex movements together to be able to make something that is what we usually, essentially what is the expression of the the master, the expert, the thing that we watch on the field. We, the Watching Tia and Matt do anything is literally watching virtuosity in action in flow when we talk about these you know these new people coming in these novices um, to anything that they do the fundamentals is always the most important aspect and when they someone who steps into a crossfit gym that is well we're gonna i'm gonna say a good crossfit gym with a good coach um which as a kind of an aside to to make note within the, her video about you need to find a really good coach like Yes, that's Duh. the standard for everything. I wrote done there. That's another point it's, later. It's a straight face palm <laughs> to be like, well, yeah, obviously you want a good coach. Like you don't want some asshole just like dicking around in the corner yeah. or like playing on their phone. Like, or somebody who gives you a DVD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but when you ever somebody new is walking into a CrossFit gym, essentially the standard at this point is to teach people the fundamentals. I mean, hell, they even call it fundamentals they half do. the time. Fundamentals, foundations, beginners. Whatever the case may be, yeah. it's teaching people, one, this concept, the concept of virtuosity, and usually in so many words, 
but how to move well and how to understand their ability at the current level so that way they do not get hurt and that way they understand like they can that they can walk into what appears to be chaos and make some sort of understanding about it right that's the biggest thing also just also as a as another aside a lot of people like coaches that I've talked to and some very high level coaches within the Olympic weightlifting world yeah. has thanked CrossFit because right. they, they've thanked CrossFit for the fact that it has brought weightlifting back into the forefront of people's minds yeah. and has created a new boom of weightlifting. Like, you know, you look back years, you know, 10, 15 years ago, the amount of competitions that you were seeing wasn't that big. Right. Hell, I didn't even know where to find a weightlifting gym. Right. Because it's not like they're just floating around. But now you have the ability to go to mo- a lot of CrossFit gyms all over the country and all over the world where there are some arguably world-class, I mean, they're farther and fewer between, but some very right. world-class coaches working within a CrossFit gym. Yeah. Or have- and, and then from there, you know, if you if, if that's the goal or the the... the- fitness that you wish to partake in you seek out or ask hey i want to get to that next level i want to i want to try and compete in that i want to maybe maybe your goal is the olympics you find those olympic weightlifting gyms that were never advertised they were never they were, they were the you had to be in the know to know them to yeah. get there and then again like you said it brought them to light because we had mentioned this earlier in a different episode the only time you ever saw olympic weightlifting was at the Olympics. Exactly. Yeah. Without CrossFit, it would still be a hush-hush sport. To a certain degree, yeah. yeah. I mean, hell, Tia won gold medal. So she won gold at the Commonwealth Games, and she came from CrossFit. Yeah. So, like... She's also a beast. I mean, yes. Yeah. There's so much to be said about yeah. that, but, yeah, but to the point. But, again, like, to, to touch on that briefly, because I, I want to make a point about Oli, the comments she made about Oli, which annoyed me. <laughs> From there, you had other CrossFitters reaching into that world, diving into that world of, of Oli, and bringing it more to the forefront of CrossFit again, like uh, uh, Camille. Camille went and did it. Tia went and did it. Um, I think Lauren Fisher went and did it. Um, Alexandra Lachance was a CrossFitter, went into Oli. Very infamous or famous CrossFitters dove into that Oli world to come out champions or, or gold medalists in their, in their events. And then came back to CrossFit or vice versa. Right. It's like the, the, the mix and mingle helped reignite that flame for Olympic weightlifting and, and, and to bring it out of the shadows is just an Olympic sport. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean for, and I think a good example of the, like another kind of noted example of that is I only knew of it. I didn't play like, so I didn't play football, Mm -hmm. right. I didn't play any sports that would, ever touch the weightlifting. The weightlifts, yeah. So that was, it was never a thing that I, I knew existed purely by watching the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I've, I had no experience. I right. never touched it until I went to, a, like, until I went to a CrossFit gym and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like this is super, super awesome. Yeah. And it like, it sparked in me wanting to learn how to do it. And eventually like I, I took it some time off from like CrossFit and did exclusively weightlifting yeah. and like competed in weightlifting for two events yeah right and then went back to crossfit still awesome though like <laughs> yeah. you know like you pursued it for a little bit to 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 get a better understanding for the sport to get a better understanding for how the competitions feel and overall just to make yourself a better athlete yeah yeah so here's that comment that i want to fucking touch on because she kind of pissed me off with let's, this let's get into the weightlifting in quotes i would never in my wildest dreams try to go out and teach an olympic lift again i put duh 
<laughs> I put duh because I also wrote, you are not certified to go and teach anybody an Olympic lift. You took 20 separate training qu- sessions. I took that straight from the video. Yep. 20 separate training sessions. You took to understand it and get benefits from it. That does not qualify you at all, any way, shape, or form, to teach anything in the Olympic weightlifting platform to anyone. Nor does it give you any insight or understanding if you have not devoted to actually taking the time to learning the breakdowns of each movement and all the little extracurriculars that come with understanding how to break those said movements down even further. Yes. I was heated when she said that out loud. I was like, you can't be this dumb. You cannot be this dumb to tell to tell people you took twenty sessions and you think that or or you you make that claim that you would never do it in your in your wildest dreams. Like no shit. Yeah. No shit. Like I've I've taken you know twenty hours worth of I don't know chemistry. Yeah. Or you know uh, some subject. Yeah. Like that doesn't make me qualified to actually teach anybody about it. (laughs) Exactly. I've been to 20 basketball games. This does not make me a basketball coach. Well, you're an NBA player now. Oh, that's true. That's how it works. That's right. I'm an elite. Yeah. Yeah. You are an an elite. I'm an elite. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that's a really, really good point to make that I definitely, I didn't pick up. Yeah. Was like 20 sessions of any, 20 times, right? Let's say 20 hours. Yeah. We'll assume one hour session. Even 20 hours. Yeah. That doesn't make you really qualified to teach anything at all. Yeah maybe 20 hours of like arts and crafts, maybe to teach how to do scrapbooking. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe like, uh, I don't know, penmanship right. or something like, I don't, I didn't saying I, the alphabet. Yeah. I like, I'm kind of coming off the top of my head at this yeah. point, trying to think of like weird things that maybe you can learn within 20 hours that would qualify you well enough to be able to teach somebody else how to do it. But like Olympic weightlifting definitely is not one of them, let alone most exercise. I got so heated after I heard that I had to pause it and replay it just to make sure I heard it right and I wrote it down right. So if you want to go back and, and fact check me again, this is what I have in quotes. Mm-hmm. I would never in my wildest dreams try and go out and teach an Olympic lift and quote, requote 20 separate training sessions, yeah. sessions, yeah. sessions, sessions, and then requote, understand it and get the benefits from it. Those are her words, not mine. I did not make any of that up, and that's what pissed me off. <laughs> also, can you get the benefits of Olympic weight like weightlifting after 20 times doing it? No. No, your first <laughs> five to ten times are with the fucking PVC pipe if they're doing it right. If you have no background in it, you're learning the movement with the fucking PVC pipe. You're not the only thing you should be benefiting is remembering how to do the movement and the names of the movement. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the names. Because I have had athletes who have come to five to ten classes and they'll go oh is that the one fill in the blank or is that the one where bar goes travels overhead well i mean it does but not in the movement you just (laughs) did oh yeah i uh that's deadlift right no not no yeah no it's not right that that's where you're at in that 20 sessions your 20 sessions by that 20th session you should remember the difference between a power clean a power snatch, a hang clean, a hang snatch, a clean, a snatch, a deadlift, a squat, a jerk. Those are the only things you should be benefiting is remembering the names and how to do the movement process if you are a beginner. Yeah, and that's not assuming mastery. Right. That's just the fundamental just, understanding. Just knowing the name. Yes. Yeah. So so that led me into uh, something else. Oh, that, well, not leading me into something else, but this is a, another quote. And so... This is actually from uh, from an inter- interview from with Greg Glassman um, back in the day, 
And so this was his talk about like how, how can, or how should somebody get started within CrossFit? And he is quoted as saying, it's imperative that someone new to CrossFit takes the first, the first month to learn the movements if they're not already intimate with them and and establish consistency before increasing any intensity. If you can go through the workouts for one month straight without falling apart, then we recommend that you up the intensity just a little bit the following month. If you throw yourself at at this task 100% from day one, these workouts will definitely chew you up and swallow you whole. I promise. Don't be misled by the workout's brevity. The tougher you are, the tougher you are, the harder you'll go down. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, the founder of yeah. CrossFit is making the note that you need to take the first month month. And so let's say you do all, let's just assume that you do, it's a 31 day month and you do all 31 days. That is approximately 31 hours right? to just understand, like to just learn the movements. Right. That's not performing them like to any level that's of intensity. That's knowing them by name. That's yeah. That's just learning and understanding the general concepts of yeah. how to move through space and how to perform them, so that way you don't look like a total asshole. And mind you, that's that's Greg Glassman saying about that about CrossFit. I just said it would take you twenty days to understand Olympic weightlifting. That's back Everything squat, else. front squat, clean, snatch, and the occasional deadlift. That's five things that I'm asking you to remember <laughs> in twenty days. Yeah, and that's still a lot. That is a lot. You know. And, and and Greg, in CrossFit, we have triple that, triple that in movements, at, at the very least triple that. Well, according to a previous Jillian Michaels, there's only about, you know, 15 to 20 moves that you uh, do. That's true. So and, and you only do them all the same, all the time, Monday through Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. There's, there's no change in the programming. No. Yeah. Just those 20. Just those, yeah. Including battle ropes, which yes. was a weird comment I, that she made. God, I laughed <laughs> so hard at that. I, I was like, huh? I, I When that came up, I was like, has she ever actually been to a CrossFit class? <laughs> Here's where I think she's probably been to. Oh. She alludes to uh, a heart attack at one point in time within the... I, I, and we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. But my, my guess is that she's referencing Bob Harper. Now, okay. Bob Harper used to go to Brick. You're right. So my assumption is that she took a class at Brick. Now, Brick has um has these classes called bx which is essentially just like a a hit kind of boot camp style Mm -hmm. class where you'll see battle ropes right yeah brick brick is not just a crossfit gym they are a very diverse yeah they got a fitness center it's pretty cool yeah i i i mean i went to the brick in chicago and there were four different rooms one room was just for crossfit the one out here is 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 awesome the hollywood one by you yeah yeah it's well, i've never west, been west hollywood west hollywood but it's huge well and that's that's the gym that i first went to when yeah. i first moved here nice so did you get an orange skirt orange skirt yeah they rock orange skirts at all their competitions oh no no i didn't oh, i know what you're talking about yeah. but no that's a that's a squad right there yeah they squad up no they for sure do that was fun yeah that was fun when i was training we used to train with them anyway um, so that's, I think that's where the battle rope came from. Oh, my assumption. Fucking genius. <laughs> okay. Did you also know that she hopes that every coach is an absolute expert? You have to be the top best of the best. Absolute. Again, her words, not mine. You can go back and watch the fucking video. Absolute expert. Yep. Which I think we kind of noted on already the idea that you have to be again, a beginner to yeah. be a pro. You're right. So unless you're an elite, unless you're already elite, right? You wake up elite. Well, and then here's the other thing that we also kind of referenced 
when you talk about being a, you have to be the pro, you have to be the best of the best. You have to be the pinnacle of expert when mm-hmm. it comes to teaching anybody anything. I really referenced this. We went to a gymnastics class yeah. who the instructors were that were easily half our age. Easily. Like, I think the oldest person that I saw floating around there that was like leading an open gym class was maybe 15, maybe 16. Maybe. At the most, 18. At the very yeah. most, because, you know, I don't, I don't, looks nowadays, he could just have a baby face. At the most, 18. Yeah. And, but there were like, there were definitely kids yeah. teaching that. And gymnastics isn't the only sport. The where, kids were teaching us. Yes. Yeah. And but that's a that's a very common thing in a lot of I mean a lot of sports. Well, not a lot, but you know some sports. Like right. it's very common within gymnastics to have the older age group instruct to a certain degree, but help out or aid the head coach or mm-hmm. the main coach in different movements throughout the like throughout a class. Right. Um, it's swimming. I've seen that. One of the girls that I work with is a fencer. And so the upper level fencing instructors or the upper level fencing athletes instructs and runs some of the group classes for fencing. Mm-hmm. The head coach doesn't do that. Right. So are you going to, you're going to tell me that these kids that are helping and helping run and instruct some of these classes are the pinnacle, the top of the top, the best of the best, even though that there's technically somebody above them that knows more. Um, that doesn't matter. That doesn't make sense to me. And my, my, the girl yeah. that I work with was the first thing that came up to my head when she said that I was like, some of these classes are taught by just their, like the advanced, like athletes underneath the coach. Right. And again, I think the main, the biggest main point, you have to be a beginner to be an expert and she, and she herself is no different. You got to crawl before you can walk. She had to, she had to take these, these certs. Right. And I, w- and I've taken, like I said, we've taken them, we've yeah. taken some of them before and they're the stepping stone. They are the, the very beginning of learning anything that are in relation to exercise. Yeah. And if, and we've, I've referenced this in the past, like I'm looking at some of my old stuff, like when I first got my certs and first got out of like, you know, school to, to actually train and coach. Are you talking about our programming? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it was nonsense. It was garbage. Yeah. Right. But I had to learn from that. And thankfully you know, the main thing is like, you know, you'll, you'll get a decent amount of information, at least enough to not hurt somebody and still at least progress them yeah. um, to some level. But that is, it's a learning process along the way. You have to, you have to make some mistakes in order to learn and progress. So that way you don't make those same mistakes again. And she Absolutely. is no different than that. No, no, neither her nor her donkey kicks. And so, yeah, or like her weird handstand kicks <laughs> or I really liked her plyometric, uh, chair dips oh god which i was like cool like enjoy your shoulders I think it was either fluffy duck or uh make wads great again was like uh they they called it the the poopy starfish yeah yeah <laughs> that shit had me dying right or her like one-legged jogging or jumping on the treadmill oh my god that one was so stupid or, or the the, the drunk crawl home yeah yeah the bear crawl on a treadmill yeah, if you guys don't follow them, Fluffy Duck and uh, Make Wads Great Again yeah. on Instagram, those guys are hilariously destroying her right now. So good. It's so funny. I love them. Because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. All right. What's the next point? Trainer logic. She doesn't get it. What else is new? That's what I wrote. I also don't know what she meant by trainer logic. I, that's what I'm trying to figure out, too, because she refers to or she says that we need to defer to the coach and their expertise, but at the same time, she doesn't understand that that, that expertise. I think I was just puzzled. I think I, I wrote that and I was just confused. Yeah. And, and she references Kelly's 
Kelly's Theret. That's my next. That's my next point. Oh, perfect. Go yeah. for it. Yeah, she worships the supple leverage. She says she's read it cover to cover three times. I bet five dollars mm-hmm. she doesn't know what's on the inside of that cover. I mean, that's also it's also like a six hundred page book. Yeah. So, but I bet five dollars without opening that book, she could not tell me what's on the cover, the inside cover of that book. I can't tell you. I think it's just a fucking picture that says Kelly Star Red, <laughs> fucking supple leopard. Also, uh, he talks about Olympic weightlifting in that book. Yeah. So, but she befriended him. Because yeah, because she adored him and worshipped him. She's like, you you worship. are my friend. Yeah, she she worships. That's what I put. She worships Supple Leopard, and then not every coach can be Kelly Starrett. Well, no, there's only one Kelly Starrett. I was gonna say that. I was like, well, yeah, that, that that's him. There's no. Kelly Slater. It's close. Well, here and this is an interesting thing too. He's also a DPT. I was gonna make a joke. What's a DPT? Do- a doctor of physical therapy. <laughs> He's a doctor of physical therapy. <laughs> Kelly Starrett has a like has a has a doctorate yeah. degree in physical therapy. I was I was gonna make a bad joke, so yeah. I stopped. To kind of add him into the mix is a little bit of kind of a misleading thing. I in my opinion. I think it's just a name drop. It's very much a name drop. Yeah. Um because it doesn't like he he's an he is an exception to the rule. Yeah. Um he is not the rule. Yeah. He's an outlier in a lot of that. Yeah. And so, and is I mean, supple leopard. I've read, I haven't read it cover to cover. I'm not going to read it cover to cover. I've read here and there. Um, you know, my friend Charlene, she, you know, showed it to me when she first read it. And I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. Right. But again, he's an outlier. I'm not going, I'm, I'm not going, if, if I'm not going to finish reading his book and I'm not going to take his word as the Bible, I, I'm going to keep going on my path of me learning what works best for me and what works best in my training aspect, you know? Yeah. I, there are things Kelly started to said. Oh, I'm like, oh, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, he's got good info. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's nothing, there's nothing against that. It's just, a, it's another tool in the tool shed. But I don't worship the guy. No. Yeah. Thing you have. Well, the next thing I have down from that is she doesn't understand the plan. Oh, I have that too. It's not specific. <laughs> Where's the progression? It's beating after beating unless something has changed. I, that's funny. We wrote the exact same thing down. Perfect. So the one thing that I want to note on that is this is, uh, this is a straw man argument, uh, because. CrossFit's entire concept is about con- about being constantly varied. Right. So she's making an argument for something that CrossFit doesn't stand for. Right. But I, I just, you know, I, I'm on the same boat with you, right? Like w- CrossFit is constantly varied, high intensity functional movements. It's right there in its definition. Yeah. Constantly varied. We're not doing the same fucking thing Monday through Friday. Yes. Like we're not doing fucking clean and jerks Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then fucking taking that one day off. And then it's like, we're not doing clean and jerks all week. Yeah. there It is a multitude of movements. And so the, the whole, the concept of it is, is to not be specific. And so this is another thing that I pulled from the L1 book. Yeah. So CrossFit aims from the beginning. The aim of CrossFit has been to forge a broad, general and inclusive fitness we sought to build a program that would best prepare tra- trainees for any physical contingency, prepare them not only for the unknown, but for the unknowable. Uh, looking, at, looking at all sport and physical tasks collectively, we asked what physical skills and adaptations would most universally lend themselves to performance, in adv- to performance advantage. Capacity called from the intersection of all sports demands would quite logically lend itself to all sport. In sum, our specialty is not to specialize. And, and so then the other thing to it, and we kind of started to note on that is she was like, where's the progression? 
And that thing really frustrated me a lot because any good coach is going to have progression noted on that. And even in the L1 book, there is an, uh, a portion of it that is based on scaling and how to pro- like adjust for somebody who's not quite there right. based on the movement at hand. And there are so many ways that we can progress people or regress people, whether it be changing weight, changing movement, changing the general intensity. I mean, hell, I've changing the piece of equipment, changing the piece of equipment. Like, hell, I've completely rearranged an entire workout for a a person in class because I was like, you can't or shouldn't do any of the things that are on here. Right. Here's a brand, essentially a brand new workout. You're going to do it with the class. Have fun. Like, let's do this. I remember when you wrote an athlete a workout for my class specifically, and you handed it to him. You said, here, hand this to Eric. He'll know or tell him it's for me. You're good to go. He hands it to me. He goes, hey, Ryan said that I'm going to do this. I looked at it. I was like, perfect. You stick to this because I don't know what your ailment is, but Ryan does. (laughs) You're going to do what Ryan tells you to do. That's fucking progression. Yeah. Well, and that, that regression I mean, that, to progress, <laughs> that's modification. Yeah. But yeah, the entire concept of it is about progression. And we, that's part of the fundamentals of what we teach is, you know, when somebody first comes in, we have to learn where are they at and then how do we progress them to be able to get into more advanced things, it's just like gymnastics, just like, um, weightlifting, like you, you even referenced it. You start with a PVC pipe or at the very most a barbell, a training bar, the training bar, the yes. training bar. Right. And so there is progress built into it in a multitude of different ways. So that way we can get people to, to prog- progress, get better, to be able to do more complicated things and to be able to train their body in a, in a multitude of different ways. So that way we're not doing the same thing every single day. That's the whole, that's the whole point. That's the process. That's the entire process. And, and on top of it, she said beating after beating. And I think that's another interesting point, too, because the intensity varies. And right. again, we're talking good coach. And I'm, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I, I say this out of my own personal experience. When I, would, when, I, when I was programming for a lot of people, and even when I program for people now, um, I have cycle, like cyclical days and like within, say, my periodization uh, that are going to be uh, higher intensity days matched with lower intensity days, as well as like just straight up recovery days. So that way there isn't, it's not just a 90% every single day mm-hmm. or hundred percent every single day. Now, the other thing too, when we're talking about like periodization, there are going to be moments where depending on the cycle of, you know, what, whatever this athlete is training for, let's say CrossFit for this, for the sake of this one, there's going to be moments within the, the, kind of the year of training where things have to be super high where, you know, in the off season, it's tend to tends to be a little bit of the lower intensity. We're working on strength, we're working on skill, whatever the case may be. But then when, you know, the opens coming up, you know, people who are actually going to really try and compete in that now is the time where the intensity is very high because we're trying to peak for the uh, competition that's going to be coming up. And that's, Every single sport yeah. will follow a very similar concept along those lines. Every elite sport has that. Every elite sport has that. And any good gym will have a similar concept in mind because you have to know. Absolutely. Like, because when, when we used to, when I would do stuff for like the gym, you know, when I would do some of the programming, like we have to go in with the idea that one, sure, we know what we're talking about. But at the, at the other moment, like people are, they're just members. So they're, I can't assume that they're going to be as educated or willing to be educated. Yeah. 
So we have to forcefully put in days that are going to be something that's going to be slower. So that way, either people will be like, oh, this looks boring. I won't show up. Congratulations. You just earned rest your rest day, day um, in- intentionally or not. Or if you're going to show up, congratulations, you're going to get an active recovery day. Yeah. Right. Or something that's going to be such a low and a, a low enough intensity that you don't we like we don't have to worry about it mm-hmm. because if if not people are going to people are willing to show up 7 days a week. Yes. And no matter how much you want to tell them not to, those people will do it no matter what. They'll show up. They will just show up. And so if you don't have enough foresight to know that that's going to happen and you don't plan accordingly for that like that's on you. Yeah. Right? You're shitty. You're you're bad at doing your job. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Can we go back to her beating? Go for it. So her beating that she described that workout, her infamous workout that wrecked her shoulders and stubbed her toe. One of the toughest workouts she's ever performed was a combo reverse ladder of 10 to 1, 9 to 2, 8 to 3, yada, 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 of box jumps and burpees. Like a six-minute workout. Yeah. But somehow, she managed to get to burpee 1,000. <laughs> 500 let me see 1575 burpees yeah then again I mean, her words not mine that's like a i mean it, i'm impressed that she even finished that i mean that's almost i mean that's got to be almost an hour and a half worth of burpees at least if not more so here's what i wrote down for talking point number 14 <clears throat> in quotes by the time i was done my shoulders were killing me and i jammed the hell out of my toe from all the burpees my form was a mess and I was like, why is my, what is the logic? <laughs> End quote. Then I wrote, I'm sorry, but if your hardest workout was burpees and box jumps and you're a self-proclaimed fitness professional who specializes in cardio, you may need to pursue a different career choice. First of all, your shoulders were killing you. Really? Were you landing directly on your shoulders or were you not activating the proper muscle groups to sustain a push-up position? You go... You go on to exaggerate that you did over 1,575 burpees, but in reality, anyone who can count an ad beyond 10 would realize it's 55 reps each, totaling to 110. Second again, with the jamming of your toes on the burpees, if you would have said that you jammed them on the box jumps, I might have had some sympathy because we've all done it. We've (laughs) all kicked the box. We've all hit our shin. Sure. Probably not a lot, but some of us have. I can't give you the credit for jamming your toe on a burpee. I'm sorry. If you're doing it barefoot, maybe, and you kick the shit out of the floor, sure. But jamming your toe, you have to come up with a better one. I think the larger thing that comes out of that for me is, one, if you you are already a fitness professional, so you should have the wherewithal to understand, one, how to move. Yeah. Two, if you are actually in pain, you should also fundamentally understand that there's something wrong and you should probably stop. Yes. So if you finish the workout in searing pain of toes and shoulders, I think that says more about your understanding of how to move and exist in essential uh, in body weight movements. Yes. Gymnastics. Um, gymnastics, right? I mean, well, so clearly she's not elite. No. So Mm-mm. I think that just that answers that question. Yeah. If you don't have the fundamental wherewithal to be able to adjust accordingly then that that says more about you than the workout itself that probably stripped your title of fitness professional yeah and as well as like 
her again a lot of her stuff is purely body weight based movements if there is weights you know sometimes like within i'm talking about yeah. specifically uh, no. dvds right yeah because i tried to get onto her like app and stuff but i wasn't willing to sign up for a free seven-day trial you saw the videos of her kicking up like a donkey in her in her house right yeah. she's doing Do- like that's her videos yeah so she's doing like weird workout stuff yeah. so but it's also exclu- almost exclusively body weight so if you can't handle body weight movements well we got some other problems right we got some major problems right. here and, and and I touched on that. That was my last talking point for this. Third is your form was a mess. How the fuck can you fuck up your form on a box jump or a burpee? You are a plyometric princess and your form was a mess? Come on. Does that even make sense to anyone listening out there? <laughs> I can't be alone on this. The woman literally gets paid to do plyometrics and aerobics and can't perform a simple box jump or burpee without ruining herself or being a mess modifying to fit her le- her need also that and also from all of the things that i've already previously stated is that this entire thing like from from the book as well as the as glassman himself it's all about quality of movement so you let yourself do that and now for if it was a regular person off the street member of the gym i wouldn't be saying these things right because i can assume that they don't know absolutely but if you've been doing this since 93 you better know better. If you make money doing this, you had better know better. And so the sympathy the sympathy is very much gone for me Doesn't with something exist. like that. It's reversed now. I should be getting the sympathy yeah, from her. I feel bad for she me. She is in debt right now. <laughs> for having to listen to that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I also went on to wrote, write, uh, there was no logic here than me, other than me being exhausted. Those were her words, not mine. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, clearly you need to practice your form and technique on those box jumps and burpees. That would probably be the logical step one. <laughs> well, and she she made it like within that she kind of made a moat like where's the logic in here other than being exhausted? Yeah. What? Sometimes there like there are times where it is just a conditioning piece. Right. So and and also like within the CrossFit within the L1, they talk about metabolic pathways. They talk about metabolic training. And if you want to get into even some of the stuff that she's noted in some of her blog t- blog posts about like aerobic or anaerobic zones, maybe that's one of the maybe maybe whatever the class that she was taking, the focus of that conditioning piece was to be quote unquote an anaerobic training thing. Yeah. Maybe it was meant to be super high intensity under for a very short period of time. Again, probably a sub six minute workout for most people. I wonder if she asked the coach My what the purpose of the workout was. Well, my assumption is my assumption is no. Yeah. She probably asked whoever she was working out with. And to follow that up, my assumption would also probably be, and this is kind of a frustrating aspect. And one thing that I do somewhat agree with her on is, you know, the coach might not, what the coach might not know. Oh yeah. You, we've talked about this. And so the, like the programming is very likely not from the person who's coaching it yeah. oftentimes. And so they might not have an answer to that. So that, 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 that can be, you know, it can be, True and false at the same time. Which Program is kind of writers, if you're listening to this, talk to your coaches. Let them know what this quarterly is about. Yes. Let Please. them know what the plan is. Please. So that way we don't have ignorant comments like this. And that way you don't end up on our venting series. <laughs> Again. Again. The definition of logic is reasoning conducted or assessed according to strict principles of validity. I feel... Like, if you're a fitness professional, you would understand the logic of simple workouts as such. 
Yeah. You can, you, I mean, you can get, you can always ask the coach for a refresher. You can always ask the programmer why, what's, what's the purpose, what is it designed for, and they will give you that answer. But being a fitness professional for the last 27 years, you, I can't, I can't, I can't validate an excuse of you not understanding why. You should be able to at least make an educated guess. Right. And yes, I like, so with that, I definitely agree with you. Like, I mean, and, th- and that's the hard part too, because if you're just, if you and I were to just hop into some random gym, right, we are going to look at the workout and either, you know, we might have our, our notions of what we think about it, but at the same point, like we also don't know what's the cycle or what is mm-hmm. the the plan that the, whoever is writing this has, like, where are they at in it? Yeah. Um, what's the member base look like? What does yeah. the gym look like? That's going to dictate what they should be doing. So there's so many things that, you know, we can have an, an assumption, but it, it, the likelihood is that it can be very wrong yeah. just from a very superficial face value of whatever we walk into. So to make a note that, or make a note or make an assumption that it's illogical is a illogical comment in its own. Right. And to touch even more on that, it's like, are you following a CrossFit program from its beginning or are you just diving into one class at a specific gym or are you diving into one class at multiple gyms? Class it, pass, baby. Because if that's the case, of course you're not going to understand because there's no structure. You don't have a structure if you're going on Monday to gym A, on Tuesday to gym B, on Wednesday to gym C, on Thursday to gym D, on Friday to gym E. There's no structure. They're all writing a different program. And if you happen to go in and all those days are clean and jerks, that's on you because you didn't follow a specific gym's programming. Yes. Like, if you don't <laughs> understand that, fuck off. So I wrote two more notes, but I didn't really have much on it. What I have next is like, you know, with Olympic lifting, you know, these are complex movements. Why do these for time? I have that one too. And that is one just, it's a very common argument and one that I do somewhat agree with. I think there is, I will argue that, you know, she's, she is partially right in the idea that, you know, sometimes these are fairly complex movements and if people aren't ready for them, it doesn't really make sense to let them go about doing it, right. you know, for time or for high reps. With that said, though, that doesn't make it ex- that these, these things aren't mutually exclusive. Right. So there is always the chance that, you know, I mean, I've put a training bar in somebody's hands for a clean workout and say, you're only going to lift this 15 pound bar mm-hmm. knowing they physically can do more. But like you're going to spend the rest of this time with this bar focusing on the technique. You're going to name gonna, this bar. This yeah, is your friend. Yeah, this is your best friend. And you're going to you're going to learn it inside and out. So. I didn't exclude the person from the class or practicing and learning the movement, right. but I gave it, a, I, I moved it, adjusted the intensity of the specific move so much so that uh, injury is, I mean, they would have to throw it up and catch it in their, te- try and catch it in their teeth for Oof. them to get hurt. Oof. Like they're just, there's no, there was almost, it's almost impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like almost, almost. I mean, there's always a possibility, but like, yeah, it was probably unlikely and you know it's funny it's like i i wrote practically the same thing i was like this is probably her only valid question yes or or concern of what she has said through the whole video and and i'm with you that i like there are certain aspects that are completely technical yes and that should be observed with great scrutiny but at the same time it, it's not exclusive yes. i don't have to make them do that if 
they are relatively able to function properly and safely in a time frame. Yes. And if they're not, revert back to what you said, change the weight or the equipment so that safety is the priority versus reps or score. Yeah, very much so. And you know me. I fucking don't give two shits about what someone's score is as long (laughs) as you do the movement properly and safely. Yeah. I couldn't give a fuck if you're the number one grace time. If did you do it properly and safely? Great. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's, I love that. And it's all it, that's the I think that's a major a big thing too. Like it's it's all relative. Yeah. Like what is going to be super fast or a good score is relative to the person that's going to be performing it. Absolutely. So to paint a broad brushstroke for for the entirety of this is is kind of asinine. It's mm-hmm. an exercise in futility. Yeah. Shouldn't do it. The next one that I have is like is that Glassman doesn't believe in muscle splits. Oh, I have that too. Well, I have I have something else, but it it was more of her not understanding the different time domain workouts we have of like AMRAP, EMOM, time cap, but we don't have to bother with that because she clearly doesn't have mm-hmm. any investment in the sport. Um, but I do have muscle splits is following right after. Go for it. Uh, I, ju- I just wrote, you know, Greg Glassman doesn't believe in muscle splits. Uh, that's Those were her words, not ours. Like yeah. constantly varied is all you need to say. Like, he may not believe in solely, specifically dialing in and tuning in your arms on one day, your legs on another day, your abs on another day, because you can embody or encompass all of those multiple times throughout the week with enough rest and recovery in between. Yeah, well, and, and that's that's the other thing. Like, there's so much vague vague comments that makes it very hard for me to argue any any, like, solid point. Because when you're talking about muscle splits, she kind of just said like push pull. Yeah. But thought that I kind of got from it was like, are you talking about body like bodybuilding type of stuff, mm-hmm. like a chest day? Because that's where my head went. Because I, I wrote legs, arms, and back. Yeah. Because in reality, we do do that. Yeah. Like there are things are broken up into you know push pull, upper body, lower body, um, and then not even getting into like the dynamics of you know, the intensities or intentions of the workouts, but usually there's, there's some sort of like general framework that's brought up. You know, again, I have to go back to like what I would do with my programming Mm. was I would have a focus for the day of, you know, maybe it's going to be a squat day for like a strength portion, for example. And then everything's going to kind of, and assuming say for you, we needed to focus on squatting. Yeah. Okay. So the, the main focus is squatting. So then we will have say a strength portion that's going to be about that. But then everything else is going to be structured around it in such a way that it's not going to overload one specific thing. Yeah. So that way, when we go into, say, our next day, which might be like a push day, so like, hey, we're going to do overhead pressing. So that's going to be our strength. So that way we aren't stressing our lower body. But that doesn't mean that you can't do lower body movements. Right. So, and on top of that, with even within some of her, even with some of, within some of her workouts, she talks about compound movements. Well, here's the fun thing about compound <laughs> movements. They work, they, they cross multiple joints, therefore crossing multiple, like, quote unquote, movement patterns. So, wait, do they really? Yeah, it's kind of a wild ride. So, like, if you're going to do a, a, like, a deadlift, like, you could just assume that's going to be the entire back of your body. So, then really, that almost limits you to the next day if you want to do anything to essentially like push ups and like tricep extensions. <laughs> And maybe like leg extensions, because if you squat, you're going to be using your glutes and hamstrings again. So seated, like seated dumbbell press. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, I guess, <laughs> like potentially, but you're still, you're still like, you're going to be essentially doubling up on scapular activation. Oh, shit. Oh, God damn it. So stupid compound. Yeah. So what are you talking about? <laughs> like already what you just said is not, doesn't make sense. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of co- conflicting arguments that are being made from current and then past. Right. The next one that I have is the three on one off standard. <laughs> so I, I pulled out my L1 book. From 2012, yeah, went to the programming section. And it said, um, it pointed out that it is a three-on one-off thing. And part of the problem with that, and even note that part of the problem with the three-on one-off is the fact that it doesn't align with the regular scheduled work week right. of uh, you know Monday through Monday Friday, Friday yeah. and then the two weekends. So I have that is ex- oh, pretty much exactly what I wrote. So I took her quote. Right, this is her words again. Now, you may build an arrest day after three days of CrossFit, which wasn't a thing five years ago when I had friends who were obsessed with it, but it is now as far as I can tell. Let me tell you what I wrote. Okay, ellipses. (laughs) I took a long, hard thought on this one. First of all, I started seven years ago, and I can confirm it was a thing. That was in 2013. My coaches strictly told me no more than three days straight as a beginner and mandatory rest on the fourth day. When I got my cert in 2015, oh, five years ago, which you claimed, I was still recommending the 3-1-2-1 combination for anyone with zero to low training experience. Yes. Well, like I said, so according to my 2012 L1 book, um, yes, it did. So it's been three on one off four at least to my understanding, eight years. Then um, I put a note, I took a note from, um, so she had a post called Slim Down in Seven Days in her blog. <laughs> and so it's saying, uh, so if we were to undertake this one week shred, what does it entail? This really is predominantly about clean eating, reasonable calorie restriction, and strategic, strategic, short, but intense workouts that are no longer than 25 minutes, four to five times in seven days. So that doesn't really quite allow for this uh, one-day, two-day rest type of thing, right? Because that would exceed yeah. a week based off of what she recommends. Right. Um, but I also noted that this sounds very similar to the burpee box jump workout, which you did, which would probably take you about five to six minutes. So you're kind of recommending a longer, uh, longer, short, intense training session of about 25 minutes, five days a week. Right. Where, how, do you, how do you rest that? Elite. Elite. It's only for elite. Elite rest. Elite in her slim down in seven <laughs> days program on her Does she also blog. fucking promote a diet pill? Yes, she did. Oh, my God. Money. Oh, that's right. It's all about right. that money, baby. That's right. My next note is, LOL, she said CrossFit uses battle ropes. <laughs> that was my next Lol. note. Lol. Lol. So the next one that she, she said, so this is kind of still in relationship of her talking about uh, doing the same exercises three days in a row. I got that too, yeah. So what I wanted to, I went into, so I have a couple things. Um, so one, on her website, she res a, uh, so sorry, she also notes that she's like, I want to recommend anybody to do anything more than, you know, three days in a row, running, yeah. yoga. Right. So let me tell you about her 30-day yoga challenge. <laughs> um, every single day, we will take we will be taking us through a different yoga practice, restorative poses, practices to build flexibility, core, uh, core strength, strong, lean legs, etc. So that is uh, 30 days in a row of yoga. Then her six-week six-pack uh, DVD workout consists of 
two workouts, one which is quoted as being hard and the other which is quoted as being harder, Ooh. which uh, each of these should be practiced five days a week for three weeks. What? So you're doing an ab routine, which arguably it does also consist of some other stuff. Uh, she does make note that this is uh, not entirely just an ab workout, um, but you are doing two then now, now it's not two workouts a week. It's, right. There are two different series of workouts on one, you know, one DVD each workout that you're supposed to do uh, five times a week for three weeks, and then you switch to the harder workout. Wait, wait, but she wouldn't recommend anyone do Any, a hard workout more than two to three times a week. Well, once, once, and then with a two day rest. Yeah. So yeah. So two to three times a week. Yeah. Wait. Um. So then I wrote that this is literally what you do for gymnastics and Olympic lifting, let alone every other sport, which makes no sense. I think I wrote that in the wrong part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not where it's supposed to be. Oh God. Anyway. Um. So yeah. So it's a really interesting thing to, to have, uh, and by the way, that 30 day yoga challenge was from, uh, August 31st, 2020. So only a couple months ago, but she doesn't promote that you work out more than two to three times a week or that you do the same thing every day. Right. Oh, that's, that's what, oh, that's what I meant. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Oh. Doing the same thing every day. So you're telling me that a basketball player, which the, you know, the sport of basketball shouldn't be practiced more than once every three days right um or and you shouldn't shoot the ball because it's the same thing yeah because because those are push muscles right and so you need to make sure that you work more of the yeah. pull muscles the following so day. yeah so you need to do shots and then you need to do dunks yeah and behind then, the head dunks yeah 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 no exactly right and definitely don't cut nope. or run forward Mm-mm. nothing like that nothing lateral either no can't Mm-mm. so that that okay that makes sense that's where yeah. i was going with that um, but I was also like, that's literally what Olympic weightlifting is. So you're going to comment on Olympic weightlifting being the elite of the elite while also still, you know, and that's kind of the running theme about like gymnastics and Olympic lifting are the two main concepts that she talks about. And at the same point, right. Not talking about doing the same exercise of three days in a row. Olympic weightlifting is literally three exercises. <laughs> now there's variations between them and don't get me wrong. There's like accessory stuff that people will do on top of it to w- round out the fitness and, yes. the, and the, the wellness of the body, but it is clean. It is jerk and it is snatch. Yep. Those are the moves. So pick a better, like pick a better example that you're going to try and argue against because weight, Olympic weightlifting is probably not your best bet here. No, Mm-mm. it kind of falls apart every time. Uh, a lot, all, all the times, all of the times. That she's going to be honest with us. She says, every friend I've had who was into CrossFit had a serious injury, whether it was a heart attack or a shoulder injury, you name what. I've known probably seven people over the last decade who were really into it. All seven are no longer doing it for those reasons. I, she didn't actually give reasons. She just said those reasons. I'm assuming injury. Probably. Seven out of ten is a pretty good number. Or seven over ten years is a pretty good number. That's a very good number. <laughs> um, and then it's less than one a year. And then she says, "I'm not saying you can't be a CrossFitter and be in good shape, but it depends on the quality of your coach and the athlete that is engaged in the modality." And I wrote, "Holy shit! You mean to say that the coach who you shit on earlier in your video is the reason an athlete can be good or in such great shape?" No fucking way. 
I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, you shit on coaches for for not being the elite of the elite or the pro of the pro. It's like, again, you have to start from somewhere. You were not the best when you fucking started in 94 coaching people. I'm sure you weren't. I guarantee you weren't. Yeah. But you've progressed over the years, and everyone is giving you credit for giving them a booty blast, giving them abs. But then you turn around and say that you shouldn't do anything that you've done in the past? How does that make any fucking sense? It doesn't. Oh, oh, okay, good. I, I'm glad I'm on a rant here then, because <laughs> I, I, I'm I was fucking mind blown when she fucking backpedals and says it just depends on the coach. Like, yeah, obviously. We know that. We know it depends on the coach. Why do you think we put our fucking heart and souls into coaching? Well, and I think the other, I, with that being said, I think there's a weird. There's a weird like mismatch of what she's talking about because I I feel like there's part of it that is she's making reference to the elites of the sport yeah but also making note of elites or not elites but like regular members like which one are you talking about because I feel like there's both being said at the exact same time within one argument and you can't you can't parallel the two those are very those are very very different things yeah I'm 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 not going to compare Matt Fraser to a beginner. Yeah. Be like, oh, yeah, no, these two do the exact same thing. I wouldn't compare Matt Frazier to me or you. I, I We're would. different. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sexy like Frazier. It's true. Yeah. I mean, that's beside. I mean, I'm talking about. Although he's like got training. more burly hair than I do, so that's kind of sexy, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I'd scruff him. Okay. <laughs> so, to make note on her uh, her making note about the injury thing. I hate her. Again, this is such a such a, such a common thing. Um, and we talked about previously with a, a essentially debunked NSCA uh, lawsuit that or paper that was made and, you know, the subsequent lawsuit that followed. So this is from the Orthopedic Journal of Sports Medicine 2018, and it's titled A Four-Year four year Analysis of the Incidence of Injuries Among CrossFit Trained Participants. The Essentially, the conclusion of this is that the findings suggest that CrossFit training is relatively safe compared with more traditional training modalities. However, it seems that those within the first year of training, as well as those who engage in this training modality less than three days per week and or participate in less than three workouts per week are at a greater risk for injuries. Interesting. So it's as if saying that if you do something very infrequently, you're probably going to never obtain some level of mastery to it. Uh, so you're kind of always stuck in this novice beginner limbo. Really? Yes. Then the other one that I had is, so this is from the Journal of Sports Rehabilitation, which is titled, Are Injuries More Common with CrossFit Training Than Other Forms of Exercise? The findings of this. Mm -hmm. um, so the reported instances, incidences of injuries associated with CrossFit training were comparable or lower than rates of injury in Olympic weightlifting, distance running, track and field, rugby, and gymnastics. <gasps> Wild. Wow. Wild. So then she also made note when we're talking about injuries, um, she referenced a heart attack. No. Oh, yeah. The only thing I could think of was that this was in relation to Bob Harper. So she, Bob Harper, also another celebrity trainer, um, biggest loser. Both of them were on the biggest loser together. So I, I can only assume that that's the case. Now I did a little research in this. And uh, so this is, um, he, as in Bob Harper, was at a high risk for both heart attack and stroke thanks to an inherited cholesterol abnormality. Um, once more, his mother had a heart attack and died at the age of 70, as did her father. So he has a history of heart attack running through his family. There's that. For me, it was definitely a genetic issue that I was dealing with. This is, again, what? in relation to his heart attacks. Now, this is now from uh, a doctor, or one of the doctors, 
It says it was partially Harper's excellent phys- physical fitness that helped save him. Cardiologist Warren J. Waxelman, a clinical instructor at the Department of Medicine at the New York University School of Medicine, um, in a 2018 interview, any regular person would wouldn't have recovered. Bob's superior superior physical condition saved his life more than anything else. So good for Bob. Yeah. And now, I mean, he has definitely changed his tune a little bit. He's changed some of his training. Like a lot of stuff that he does now is very different compared to what he was doing with when he was doing CrossFit or let alone what he was making people do in The Biggest Loser. Yeah. But calling them fat. The big, I mean, The Biggest Loser is a, a topic in its own right for just the, the insanity that was. To reference, and I'm a, again, this is an assumption. I would I was, have to imagine that's the only one. It's the only big name person. And it was her friend. Yeah, so I have to assume that it was Bob Harper. So to throw him under the bus to say CrossFit gave him a heart attack is, is not true. Especially like that, for him to come out and say it. Yes, and he has been and still is a proponent of CrossFit. Now, yeah. he admits that it's not for him anymore, and part of that has to do with the fact that he's concerned about his heart. Like, Absolutely. Kind of trusting it again, yeah. which is very understandable. Absolutely. To he, But it, he never attributes CrossFit to the the fact that gave him a heart yeah. attack. Like That's not how it works. Yeah. Oy. This one kind of hit a nerve. <clears throat> In quotes, I think for CrossFit, you need somebody with a degree Someone with a degree in exercise science. I would not be screwing around with Ole and gymnastics unless you have somebody who knows how to program for the athletes in their class and no more than two times a week. (laughs) I don't have a degree, but I can guarantee you if you asked any one of my athletes if I've ever steered them wrong in programming and training, they'd tell you no. You know what, uh, well, what you and Jillian Michaels have in common? What's that? Not having a degree no way (laughs) wow that's crazy she's calling people out for not having a degree in sports science or sports exercise science but she doesn't have one either yeah um yeah which is an interesting concept uh to to throw you know what's a don't throw stones in glass houses type of thing yeah that's a that's an interesting concept to not have a degree in it but also i think there's a Maybe if she had an exercise science degree, she would understand. Now, I will note I don't have an exercise science degree. Yeah. But one thing to note is that if she did take an exercise science program, uh, I don't think they go through and teach. Like, there's there's not really much of a coaching component that's associated with that. Um, it's not like they're like, all right, here's the here's the semester of gymnastics. Let's get after it. Here's the semester of Olympic weightlifting. Let's get after it. Yeah. As far as I'm aware, that's not necessarily the a main staple of the curriculum right so what so i okay so a couple of years ago I, I was applying to uh cal state northridge they have a great sports exercise program there and one of the one of the degrees that fell under that sports science was coaching now i read a brief summary of what the class was about it's like gym it teaches you how to be a coach <laughs> yeah yay yay right like I'm not going to pay for that. Yes. I'm not going to pay a couple thousand dollars to pay to, to get a degree to learn how to be a coach when my experience with athletes and my experience with interning made me a better coach. Yes. And I think it's important to note that, I mean, a lot of, a lot of very, very good coaches don't have exercise science degrees. Yeah. They're, 
love dedication to the sport that they were taking, like that they practiced and that what they got themselves better at and through their years of experience, as even earlier quoted by, by Miss Michaels, Michael, Michaels, 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 it's the decades of experience, the years of experience. It's learning from other people that has, you know, that made them who they are as coaches. They had their mentors or, you know, whoever, whatever word you want to use to describe it to get them to the point that they are now. You know, I, th- I think one of the previous things we talked about, like, you know, standing on the shoulders of the people that come before you. Yeah. I am no different in that. I had people who taught me along the way. And I mean, I'm not saying that I'm a, you know, the, the pinnacle of expertise by any means, but it's, it comes from that. Like that's, that's where I attribute a lot of my stuff from practical experience, like from my own, my own right, my own reading and research, taking courses, taking certifications and learning from people who have done it longer than me and have more experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also I would love to know, I would love to know how many degrees are like rolling around in a lot of these gymnastics studios or yeah. these Olympic weight or studios, gyms, um, or these Olympic weightlifting places. Like I know there are, there are coaches that have, have them, yeah. but like, that's not the standard. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. And I, the, and, and also as a side note, when we're talking about certifications in anything, like we previously referenced about the, uh, the CSCS being kind of like the quote unquote gold standard for any strength and conditioning coach requires you to have a degree. So like, are you, that, that assumes that anybody who has a CSCS has a degree. Has, well, ha, well, you have to have a degree. Yeah. Therefore making them the expert, making them the best. Yeah. Does it, does it, does it qualify what degree you need to have? Nope. You just have to have a degree. So I could have a degree in home ec. Sure. Yep. Wow. Yes. There, I believe, I believe in like 2030, they're changing that where you have to have something in a, exercise oh in 10 years field. Oh, that's that's great that's something like that good quality right there but it just needs to be a, a degree you could be a math teacher you could have a degree in math hey mark sanchez now that football's over for you you can go be a cscs coach yeah he's yeah, got a home, he's got a home ec degree but a degree i mean we've all met people who are like who, who has a degree in something you go you what yeah. like you 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 know you're supposed to know this mm-hmm. like that's terrifying um, we also know people who don't have degrees or yeah, but who don't have degrees and we're surprised. We're just like, Oh shit. Like you are th- well knowledge in this. So you don't have a degree. I thought you were formally educated. Yeah. And so it, it goes both ways. So there's this there again, it's uh these aren't mutually exclusive concepts yeah. to, in order to, for like one to be true. Like they, we have, uh, we have situations time and time again, of the coach who is just so passionate and impassioned by it that they want to learn everything they possibly can. Yeah. Um, we also have the people who do it the, the traditional way by going to school and maybe they're not super passionate about it. And so they only have taken their, you know, whatever their university or college education is going to give them and they suck. Mm-hmm. And that's not a dig on them personally, but just like the quality of their ability is lower, lower subprime, substandard, like whatever you want to call it. Yeah make some sort of weird gatekeeping degree be the thing is so is such an old world thinking especially as of today's time where we're we're finding people who have like are better than are better in so many fields by the sake of their own passion to learn something artists like graphic designers like i have friends who are i have a friend who studied or was a going to study 
essentially like graphic design to be able to do like a like clothing and modeling and stuff like that mm. she just like bought the stuff that she needed to actually like tools of the trade yeah practiced learned by her like on her own and does not have a degree and is doing incredibly well yeah like that that's that's such a common thing these days where people are like foregoing the uni- the traditional f- education to find resources and learn by themselves or through people who have done it already absolutely and are some of the best of the best in whatever field that is that's not even exercise yeah so to gatekeep by by degree is like that's like it's such an old it's like our parents that's like our parents thoughts of like you got to go get a degree in order to actually be successful not really like yeah. that's not a, that's not something's yes but it that it's not really the standard anymore. Yeah, like we're not just going to let a doctor or somebody who wants to be a doctor go watch ER and watch shows and be like, oh, yeah, give me a scalpel. I can cut this motherfucker open. <laughs> no, obviously that's not going to happen. And yes, there are certain there are like certain professions that like you just you, you can't. Yeah, it's a hard no. You can't. It's not. a no for me, dog. Yeah, it's yeah. A no, no for me, dog. Yeah. But like you want to be a coach. You, there's so many resources out there. You want to be an, an artist. Right. Like there's so many resources out there that are not university. Yeah. If you have that passion, if you have that love for it, you're going to go learn it any way possible. Yeah. From whoever will give you the knowledge. Or seeking it out on your own. Right. I mean, it is amazing the amount of information that we have at our fingertips or to be able to go buy a book or something like that. Like it's crazy. I mean, hell, you can buy you. You can buy textbooks and not have to go to school. Yep. I have several, like I have several textbooks that I bought on my own just because I wanted to learn something. And I was like, well, I'm not in a master's program, but I feel like I can understand what's about to happen. (laughs) And so I, and literally like I bought this book about like, it's essentially muscle functions. Yeah. So there we go. So would you say you're an elite learner? (laughs) No, no, I'm definitely not an elite learner. Are you pro? Uh, semi-pro. Semi-pro never learner. Yeah. All right. That's that's good enough for me. I'll take that. Yeah. She finished it off again, saying, "This is just my personal opinion." And you know how, how we started it. It's like, no, you're about to insult us, and then you just finished insulting us. And I wrote, "You just attacked an entire community, and you think you could just fall back on it's my opinion." You bring this out of us. Nobody reaches out and says, "Hey, you know, Jillian Michaels' videos are stupid as shit." Nobody goes out. And, nobody goes out of their way to do it. Nobody. Yes. And I think, I think that also is a, is a sentiment, a sentiment to be said about what the part of what the CrossFit community is about. The whole idea is that we are trying to build well-rounded, essentially general fitness, right? It's general physical preparedness, GPP for short. And that is like the entire idea behind CrossFit. You're not going to be, you're not going to be a, a high level weightlifter. You're not going to be a high level runner or sprinter. You're kind of the the middle ground, the Vitruvian man, if you will. And with that comes this kind of inherent acceptance of anything that can be something of benefit. I mean, part of the thing that draws me so so closely and so interest it's like draws me in so much to CrossFit is, I mean, when I first started, part of it was like, hey, here's how like you I love CrossFit. You want to get good at it? Yeah. Here are all of the things that we we can do. Like you need to learn this gymnastic gymnastic stuff. And then it's like, oh, well, don't forget about like all this mobility stuff. So you need to be able to move really well. And hey, here are these like, you know, you can learn from this person to learn some mobility stuff and this person and there's this person. And there's like all of these like experts that exist. And we would, you know, within CrossFit, you would even seek out other people to be like, hey, 
what is this thing and how can it make me better at whatever the case may be? So it's this kind of universal acceptance of anything as a possibility that's going to be a training modality to allow you to progress or train in some variation variation or different way that's going to allow you to be the best physically prepared person that you possibly can be. So with that comes this I think of like where most people aren't going to just casually shit on just random people. And so it's clear like it's clearly a publicity stunt. Yeah. Like it's clearly and to make even note and I'm glad this is at the very end so hopefully maybe not everybody's listening all the way to the end. <laughs> she has a book coming out. Oh god. Coming out at the beginning in January. So what better way to gain some publicity than to piss off a bunch of people who are vehemently willing to back up the thing that they love the most. Yeah. Absolutely. Sounds pretty great, right? Absolutely. Um, but the, the other part too, like what does it matter? Yeah. I think at the very end of this all at the end of this, like what does it matter? Like you, you're, you're trying to say that it's your opinion. You're also trying to make note that this is something that, you know, if you want to do it, do it are kind of contradictory things based off everything else you just said, because if anything, what you're trying to do is dissuade people of participating because you're scaring them. Right. The coaches aren't good enough. The you're not an elite athlete. The methodology, like you are not good enough. Yeah. You as an athlete are not good enough to do this. The methodology makes no sense. Yeah. It's just random and hard. Um, you don't recover. So, and you're, and the likelihood of you getting hurt is at least, High. at least yeah, it's super high. And having a heart attack. And yeah, but like so so this is a lot of scare tactic right. to try and dissuade people. And the, I think an interesting thing or a big thing is like it's not going to dissuade anybody who has taken some time to learn about CrossFit and actually partook in it. But it can very easily dissuade somebody from who's never done it Future from people. trying. Yeah. And that is such a disservice to anybody within the health and fitness world because, you know, unless something is violently bad like so so questionably bad unquestionably bad that we need to shut it down like we shouldn't there's a fitness is a gray area the entirety of it is a gray area right. for the most part like a lot of things is a lot of things in my opinion are not good or bad they just are it just depends on the application and how you do it right so you know her stuff could arguably i mean if i really really wanted to could probably find a lot of holes and say this is going to be dangerous for X person. Therefore, you shouldn't do it and go on a weird tirade about about uh, like why you don't need to follow her for whatever reason may be. But yeah. there's no reason for us to do that because if someone wants to follow her, awesome. Yeah. If your first step is if your first step is to follow the Jillian Michaels program, please do it because at the very at and in, in my heart of hearts, and I'm going to assume yours as well, is you want people to exercise. You want people to live and like live healthier lives and live for the long haul. 100%. I, you know, I was, as we were coming to the end of this, I was, I was going to say, look, we are in no way, shape or form telling you not to watch her DVDs. We're not telling you don't follow her fitness program. We, that is not what we stand for. We are not for that. If that's how you perceive fitness and that's how you want to get better, please do it with everything in you that you've got practice safety, of course, if that's what you love to do, do it. We, we don't want to stop you. We don't want to dissuade you from that. Like, that's exercise. Yeah. We support exercise. You know, what we don't support are asinine comments. Just, just pure ignorance. Yeah. Is all that was. Yeah. You know, if you if you if you want to buy her book and in 
you know, next year, please don't. But go ahead, <laughs> you know, fucking support it. You know, I, we we are not here to tell you not to exercise. Yes, and and uh, yes, and I think that's a that at the to kind of sum it all up. It's not uh, us shitting on anything that she teaches that she does. You know, again, we don't know what her thinking is behind any of the stuff that she programs. Yeah. So we kind of have to assume, at least I choose to assume, that it's for the benefit and the better of, you know, mankind. Um, so if that's something, but if that's something that you want to do, do it. Like well, all we are doing with this part, this whole thing was to debunk her un- uninformed and very ignorant claims about CrossFit. And that's it. That's it. Anything else you want to add to that mix? I know of one elite athlete. Yeah. His name's Ricky Bobby. He's a NASCAR driver. Yeah. Is he any good? He's really good. He wakes up in the morning and pisses excellence. Does he have any signature moves? Uh, the shake and bake. I don't know if you heard it. Ooh. First you shake it. Okay. And then you bake it. Oh. Yeah. Shit. He also chews Big Red. If you don't like Big Red, then fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I think that's it. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, where can people find us, Eric? Uh, you guys can find us on another period rep period podcast on our Instagram, or you can always reach out to us at another rep podcast at gmail.com and potentially in the future, watch us on YouTube at another rep podcast. Maybe. Maybe. Um, and you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and if you enjoy anything that you're hearing, please rate review subscribe tell your friends share it with everybody yeah let 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 the people know share it with us too if you guys if you guys you know if you guys like it please reach out and be like hey we love this episode <laughs> yeah seriously yeah. we love that love it all right guys bye bye